Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I, I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. Well, Sam doesn't know it yet, but he drinks whatever uh, Petrino wants, right? That's what's going to happen now at Arkansas. But it is 5 o'clock on Friday. We don't have a football game tomorrow. We've got championship weekend. It's going to be – well, it's disappointing that we're not Let's in say, it. You sounded too happy about that. They're not playing tomorrow. I know. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, hey, you know what? We um, – at least we get to sit back and enjoy it, hopefully. I don't even know what to root for. I don't know that it matters. It's going to be sad, but hopefully we see some good football. You're right. If Petrino likes ham beer, then it'll be. I like an old ham, old ham beer, but you burp a lot afterwards. <laughs> that's, that's what it'll be. And I thought I, had the, uh, I thought I had the audio clip. I guess I don't. I guess I didn't save mm. it. Nice job, dude. But. Bobby Petrino was saying at his Arkansas press conference that he was asked about the sign-stealing stuff. And he was like, well, yeah, but, you know, you always knew when you went to Clemson that they had all the all your signs already. Like, I'll, I'll play the exact audio clip. I'll, I'll go and find it. But, yeah, he singled out Clemson when asked about yeah. a sign-stealing question. Well, I, that's not a shock, I think. If you ask, you know, 50 different coaches, you're going to probably get a bunch of different answers of, well, yeah, old Petrino, he's always got his defense, always has your signals, and this team always gets them, and you got to really hide your guys whenever you go play against Auburn. You know, I'm, I'm sure that everyone says that about a bunch of different places. Well, here, here's what he said. I honestly didn't pay any attention to it. Um, but I do know when you when you went and played Clemson that they were going to have your signals. They had guys on the sidelines standing there with the sheet of paper with your signals on it, um, and that was tough. And you know the <laughs> okay, well that uh, had to have been when he was at Louisville, right? Well, I guess he, maybe he played. No, I don't think A and M played Clemson when he was there, so that would have been when Brent was there. So I don't know if he's trying to accuse Dabo or Brent of anything, but there's heck of a comment there from Petrino. Well, see, this is what's so funny to me about the whole thing. He says, well, you know, every time you go play Clemson, you know, they got your signals. Someone's standing there with a sheet of paper paper that's got your signals on it, so it makes it, you know, really hard. It should make it really easy if you know your signals are on a sheet of paper on the other sideline to change your signals. Right? Yeah, if uh, I know for sure, like if there's, if I can see staffers over there and I know that they know my signals and I can tell, then I, I may be mixing it up a little bit. Throwing a throwing a wrench into each play. Just, just trying to do something different, yeah. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. How about you go with wristbands? Or you huddle up. You know, I, I don't know. I still think that the sign-stilling saga that has gone on 
has been like beyond wild. Like, uh, dude, I, wh- I've been over it for several weeks now. Now, it did make for yeah. an exciting uh, Michigan Ohio State game, even more yes. so, and the ratings showed that. But outside that, like, uh, I can't imagine having to talk about that every single day up there. No, thank you. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. I, hopefully, we go to helmet communication and we can be done with it. Not have to talk about sign stealing anymore. Yeah, well, that's uh, hopefully. So, uh, I just, no. I, 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 I like. I'm serious, man. I'm, I'm so over that conversation. I don't <laughs> care one way or the other. Now, I heard that some people were going to be trying them out in bowl games, right? Isn't that what we heard? Well, uh, like, who, who's going to be trying out? Like, certain bowl games, certain teams? Um, is yeah. That, is that legal? Yeah. Th- well, that was one of the things that was brought up is this year during bowl games, there's going to be some teams using the helmet communication. Now, I don't, I don't remember who exactly it was or what exactly the conversation was, but, I mean, that was thrown out there. Uh, okay, we, well, we can't afford it in college football, though. Yeah, we, I, I'm. Who, who cares? Whatever. I think we're going there anyway, but that's that's fine. This uh, December first has been quite the date in OU football history, and we talked about this to lead off the show. Twenty five years ago today, December first, nineteen ninety eight, Bob Stoops was hired as the next head coach at Oklahoma, and it. I I don't know if some textures can go back and really remember what the expectations or what the thoughts were at that time of what expectations for for Bob was back in 98. But whatever the expectations were, I guarantee you he surpassed it. Winning a national championship in year two, all the conference championships, the Heisman trophies, the consistency. I'd be interested to go back and kind of, you know, be able to gauge what the exact expectations were for this guy coming from Florida First-time head coach, but what he accomplished is just – it's incredible. In all phases, man, the way the program operated, the wins, the consistency, the stadium, how he got OU on par facilities-wise with so many other top programs in college football, he really kind of – he really did it all for OU during that time. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. um, I'd like to hear from people that were there – like what the what the expectations were before like when when did you know it was going to be different and the expectations as we know the expectations always change from where they are before the season to middle of the season to end of season just wonder whenever everyone kind of was like uh yeah that that idea of just making a bowl game we may need to upgrade that conversation. It was probably the Texas game, right, when you went out and just absolutely sure. housed what was, I think, were they fringe top ten they were number. I want to say they were number 11, 11? in, in yeah, 2000. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, but I, I guess going back to expectations initially, I remember my big Christmas gift being Independence Bowl tickets. You know, everyone Hello. was thrilled. Everyone was thrilled about going to the Independence Bowl in 99. Oh, yeah, all right, we got some momentum. Seven-win team. We're going to Shreveport, baby, to welcome in Y2K. Let's go. And if you're excited about Shreveport in year one, the expectations probably initially weren't skyrocketing. 
Well, you kind of stole what I was about to say. I I think the excitement about the Independence Bowl was dampened because of the impending doom of civilization going to fall apart overnight, overnight with the crashing of the world's computers all at once, right? So... Well, the only good thing, thing we avoided that. Well, I, you guys avoided it. I did not. My family and I did not. Uh, my mom's transmission and her Dodge Stratus uh, went out on the highway right as Y2K happened. And as the uh, tow guy said when he walked up, looks like the only thing the millennium affected was your car. Great, great timing <laughs> for that joke. <laughs> Thanks, man. Oh my gosh, Marietta the old Dodge Sooner. Stratus. How about yeah, that? True story. Marietta Sooner in '99 preseason, we would have been happy to make a bowl game. Um, this one for the 918. I was eight years old, and my expectations were a national championship in year two. <laughs> uh, Greg says, oh, "I always good. expect championships at OU, or we have the wrong coach." Plain and simple for me. Not every year, obviously, but to compete for them on a regular basis. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's very fair. So 25 years ago today, Bob was introduced as the next head coach. Um, what would Ooh. have been? It would have been um, five years ago today. Trey Brown blitzed, hit Sam Ellinger in the end zone for a safety, and then Kyla Murray on a third and ten, I believe, threw it up to Grant Calcaterra in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, you beat Texas in the throw. Big 12 championship game. What a throw. What a catch. Um, awesome game. That was a fun game. I still say, and I know I've brought it up a bunch, that phantom holding call on that oh. kickoff return. Oh. Woo, buddy. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. Did they, they didn't return it for a touchdown, yes, did they? Did. they? Yes, they did. They did? Yep. All the way back to the house, because called back for I think a holding it, call that was I, – uh, I think it was the um, – was it the kickoff directly after the Kyla Murray to Grant Calcaterra touchdown? It was, it was late. Uh, maybe. It was after what felt like we sealed it. Like maybe it was a maybe it was a, a field goal or something. I don't know. We felt like we sealed it, kicked it off. They took it to the house, and you know they would have been kicking an onside kick for an opportunity to throw it into the end zone on a hail mary for the final play to win the football game. If I remember correctly, I don't remember what exactly the the score we had leading up to it was, but I remember watching the play in like the kickoff return live thinking he's going to go to the house and he did when they called that whole that replay of the holding call was like man that we got away with one the dynamic of that game was was fascinating and it ended up being very very hostile like OU Texas games are there's a lot of emotion there but the two fan bases outside the 50 yard line are are separated the, the way the stadium's set up Texas clinched their birth to the Big 12 championship game, I think, a week earlier than OU did. So they really had their first opportunity at tickets before OU fans did because OU didn't clinch until they beat a good West Virginia team on the road the last game of the regular season. So, right. and, and maybe this was going to be the case anyway, but it wasn't split right down the middle like it normally is in Dallas. So you had OU and Texas fans – Sitting amongst, like sitting amongst each other, right? But that's also when the horns down penalty was a thing. 
And OU fans were so pissed about that. There were T-shirts. Hey, flag this with the horns down. <laughs> like the, the emotion going into that game with how soft it was. If you threw the horns down, you got a flag. That was a major storyline. It just that, that was just another element to that game that OU and Texas fans were sitting amongst each other. It was a big game. That whole horns down controversy thing was there. Yeah, man, and we we would have had something similar on Saturday too if, if OU was if OU was there. Yeah, that one was good. I'm just glad Kyler got to beat Texas that year because the loss in the Cotton Bowl was he was crying uh, post game. Yeah, and maybe the best thing Ellinger did as a as a Longhorn, <laughs> the famous quote there at the exchange. Yeah, what was the uh, quote? After the football Can game. you give me the exact quote, please? Take the L, and y'all let everyone else fill in the blank after that. Which, you know, say what you want about Ellinger. And I, that, I actually, you know, gained a little bit of respect for the guy after that statement. There is, a, wor- there is a word after take the loss. Um Yes. You just, yeah, we, we can't say it. Uh, another <laughs> happening on this day 16 years ago, OU beat number one Missouri for the Big 12 championship in uh, 2007 in the Alamo Dome. Missouri was wow. the number one team in the country. All they had to do was win, and the Missouri football program was going to play for a national championship. But Bob Stoops beat him by 21 points instead. Curtis Lofton got a Ooh. big pick six. Your boy Joe John Finley caught a touchdown in the second half. Oh, you rolled Mizzou and Chase Daniel. What a night it was. Wow. Um, I'm just trying to think. Is is that is that peak Missouri? Well, I've, we don't have a lot of options here. Uh, what, what, are, yeah. what are our other options, please, for peak Missouri? Well, weren't they good in the 90s, late 90s? I mean, they were okay. They weren't. They, they weren't. Didn't, okay. They didn't win the North ever in the late nineties. Gotcha. Well, yeah, Nebraska was kind of hard to get through at that point. They've got. Should we? Should we uh, be concerned with what Missouri's got cooking up there? Teddy, there are some programs that you should never be concerned with. Yeah. And the University of Missouri is is not one of them. If okay. you only have one good season every eight years or so. I don't. I'm not going to view you as a uh, as a threat. Did they, did they get okay. Williams Winery? Yeah, they did. Yeah. They, they give them credit for that. But do I think Dorkowitz is going to have consistently a good team there? No, I, I I don't believe that. Okay. Now I'm I'm with you. I know it's just a little bit of a flash, and he started the season on the hot seat. I'm just saying, like, is are are they? Is this the beginning of cooking something up there for Missouri? And you say no. I tend to agree. I just had to ask the question. They'll be cooking something up in Missouri, but it ain't going to be wins. Well, I'm not. I'm not talking about the meth. I mean, that's an obvious thing. I'm talking <laughs> about football here, Tyler. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, it's it's really a pretty impressive season that they've put together. I I did not I did not expect it. I I really didn't. Uh, I full dis- Yeah, I I thought Missouri. Uh, he was talking about their defense before the year and how it was going to be pretty good. I was like, eh, okay. Brady Cook, their quarterback, had a good season. I mean, they definitely got some momentum there, more than they've had since he since he arrived, but I'm just not worried about Missouri consistently in the SEC. I, I, I just can't. Yeah. I can't get there. But 
that'll it'll be interesting to see where that game falls next year because those those people hate OU for sure, and you will yeah. not be welcomed into Columbia with ice cream at the end of the first quarter. Well, and I know with with, with some recruiting battles over the last couple of years, you know I know we haven't played them in a long time, but. That the rivalry has has been heating up a little bit without even being in the same conference or playing one another. So there could be some heat there come next season. So that could be fun. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on here from Riverwind. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Take a walk. With- It is the rush on a Friday, taking you home into the conference championship weekend. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet's text line. We're about to make someone's day on a Friday right here on the text line. They say, yeah, "Yeah, we're about to make someone's day from the 580. How fun would Oxford, Mississippi be next year? Seems like a great away game. I've got great news for you. Great news for you. OU will play at Ole Miss next year. Unless yes. Sankey's so pissed about ESPN leaking the schedules that they totally change it up before next Wednesday. Yeah. Don't then do that, Greg. They will play Mississippi State instead oh, because, of the, because of the uh, – the, um, Jeff Levy going to Mississippi State, that thing? Is that what you're having yeah. a hard time thinking of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. I can't think of the term that I was trying to say, but yeah. That's it. Which by the way, did he hire uh John Cooper? Yes, he did. Coop's going awesome. with him. Kind of figured. Yeah, no, that's um where he was at Coastal Carolina when OU played them a couple of years ago, right? And where was he after that? And then I think did I think he went was he in North Texas with Seth? Maybe too? maybe he was. Yeah. But good for uh, good for Coop. Load Holt's going. Tanner Schaefer's going. Matt Holacek and then Bitten Doobie. Uh, those are your four departures from OU that we've seen. Well, Coop was here last year, and then I don't know where he went last year. I'm not sure where he went, but yeah, um, fascinating. Oxford will be fun. Oxford will be awesome for sure. So I asked this on uh, social media yesterday, and it's gotten a ton of responses here. We can ask the text line on this Friday. We'll talk about some conference championship games, all that, sure. Um, throwing the football out of the stadium in the north end zone after the opposing team scores. Yeah. It's become, I don't know if it's an official tradition, unofficial tradition, but it happens every single game, and they are successful every single game and every single score in the north end zone. I pulled the social media audience yesterday do you love it do you love this new tradition and i feel like 98 percent of ou fans said hell yeah we love that tradition it's awesome and i am in that 98 percent that loves the tradition of throwing the opposing team's football out of the stadium i wish it was a tradition that happened after good things happen not after bad things happen but i guess i'll take what i can get right now i uh i am for throwing the football out of the stadium or at least you know, over the end zone, whatever. Yeah, I guess I saw I saw an article on that, or maybe it wasn't an article. Maybe it was a tweet or something that had some type of I don't know. People were are people upset about that? 
I I didn't anyone. I, okay. I, I mean, I, I looked at most of those responses, and there were some that were saying, you know, uh, this is juvenile. This is some other words were used. Well, but, it's all juvenile. It's it's a football game. Everything you that's going on there's juvenile, right? I don't disagree. Um, I'm not going to let something being juvenile get <laughs> get in the way of me having a good time with it. Is there is there any tradition at all in college football anywhere that's not juvenile i mean the mascot at kansas state is awesome but it's a dude wearing a huge wildcat head i everything's ridiculous byu has a guy doing jump rope with that's lit on fire alabama plays dixieland delight and there's like four f-bombs during the song they have to blur some of it out yeah sure juvenile Gunny that's, says, that's, that's uh, what it all is. Gunny says, I love it as much as 420, fellas. Ooh, okay. 469 says, I say throw it around the stadium, then throw it out when it gets to the back, of, uh, back to the north end zone. Yeah. Well, you, you've all, listen, we've got a short attention span. You can't watch the – people aren't going to watch the football make the trip all the way around the stadium, and I don't know how good we are at throwing and catching – it sounds better than it actually is. The shortest trip up the north end zone and out is probably still the best way to go. Five eight zero. The ball being thrown out has been happening for over ten years. Why just now being considered a tradition? Well, ten years—that's a pretty short tradition in, in college football. I, I don't, it just seems like it's more popular now, or it's more talked about now than it's ever been. That's why I guess yeah, I called it new. Yeah, something that's gained steam within the last because it's happened for 10 years which means for the first couple of times first couple of years it was just kind of maybe a thing that was building that a lot of people didn't know about and maybe just the people in the north end zone really really followed and now it's something everyone in the stadium it takes a while to build something into a tradition like you can't call it a tradition like 10 years is kind of the minimum everything else is a flash in the pan or else we'd be calling the new Four Corners chant that we do, let's go, let's OU, we'd be calling that a tradition. Go! <laughs> oh! It's the longest tradition <laughs> in college football is what, that is what that is. The newest and the longest. 405, a tradition unlike any other. 580, love it unless we play USC, then throw mm. Lincoln Riley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ronnie Crimson, if you think it's bad to throw a football out of the stadium, you also probably don't like drinking beer at 5 on a Friday. Ooh, good point, Ronnie. Very good Fair point. Fair point. Had a season ticket in 2001 in the north end zone. We did it then. Yeah, and so I, I grew up in the northeast corner, so I've never been like actually a part of it, but I've seen it. But I, I remember during that time it would happen, but there were a lot of times when – you know, it would make it up a couple of rows, and the ball gets thrown down on the field. And it, yeah. it was like, oh, man, we thought we were going to have it again this time. It didn't happen every single time. I pray for the person who sits in the north end zone now that is the one that throws it back on the field and doesn't throw it towards the top because I can't remember the last time that an opposing team has scored in the north end zone and the ball hasn't been thrown out, you know? So I think it's a, a tradition, a newer tradition in that, Every single time someone scores, that ball's going out of the end zone. It didn't always used to right. be like that. 
seriously, the, the next time or if there's ever another time where someone w- willingly throws the ball back uh, on the field, that's not going to be good. Right. 2001, I wonder how many um, how many touchdowns were scored in the north end zone that year. Probably not very many. Mm, I No, probably not. Uh, OU Kansas State was high scoring, but I feel like Kansas State's yeah. most of their touchdowns were south end zone that game. Well, I know one of them was north end zone. They had a they had a deep ball to someone that scored in the north end zone, then they had like a, a ball down on the goal line where they brought in this like 360-pound defensive lineman to play fullback. Nice. Kind of like Texas did. Kansas State did the exact same thing in 2001. 918 Cubs fans have been throwing the opponent's first home run ball back for what? 100 years now? It's not juvenile at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is juvenile, but juvenile is totally normal in sports fandom those people that throw the home run ball back are also the same people that uh (laughs) at one o'clock on a thursday afternoon have a bunch of empty beer cups and they're making the the snake within the outfield (laughs) and i don't consider you can consider that juvenile i consider it awesome if that's what they're doing that's 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 what i'm saying though like everything in fan Everything in sports, it doesn't matter what what sport, it's all juvenile. I mean, that's the that's the beauty of it. You get to go have a couple hours or half a day, an entire day, a weekend to to act juvenile. That's that's what, all, that's what we're all chasing. Sean says the boomer after first down needs to not be a tradition. <laughs> it, hey, <laughs> at least it didn't cause a, a false start this year, like last season. Hey, we've only got a very few – we've got a limited amount of traditions. We can't start eliminating any. Right? The thing about the uh, the north end zone, that needs to be a tradition forever. I think there are, uh, a lot of the visiting fans will be sitting – like more visiting fans will be sitting in the north end zone in the SEC, correct? Is, is that what they're doing? They're moving them to the, like the northeast corner, right? Yeah. So Isn't that where the the new section's going to be? We need to have tryouts in the off season, like when an opposing team brings a lot of fans. Someone that's able to sit midway through the north end zone is able to uh, is either able to throw it out of the end zone from there, or we need to recruit some offensive linemen to block those SEC fans as we're trying to get it over the end zone. Maybe we could get an NIL deal for Joe Milton to just sit on the front row of the north end zone, and he you, he, you hand the ball to him, and he throws it and hits yeah. the McCaslin Fieldhouse. He'll throw it over the McCaslin Fieldhouse, that guy. That's right. May not throw it on target, but he'll throw it over the McCaslin Fieldhouse. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I am one that loves the tradition. I think it's great. I, I do Again, yeah. I do wish we were talking about it happening under better circumstances, not the opposing team scoring, but it's still fun. It makes me feel slightly less worse about just giving up a score. Yeah. But not really. Yeah. It, it gives you that, that that handful of seconds of redemption. You feel like feel like you got back at him a little bit, but, you know, the next thing you know, the guy next to you is saying, uh, come on, defense. <laughs> Heard that a few times uh, last How, Friday, How does it go, Tyler? Come on, defense. It sounds the same. <laughs> 
same cadence and everything. It's beautiful. I love it. Cher- I mean, that's the tr- that's the tradi- that's the real tradition that we've developed over the yeah. I, uh, I wish I could say the last couple of years. I was worried. It didn't happen until we hit October for home games. Like, man. I know. Don't love it. Cherokee Sooner, the band playing Metallica, needs to be a tradition. It was awesome yeah. when they did that. They did that this year. And were they, like, gearing up for a – was there some type of band competition that I heard about where Metallica's, like, giving a – like, equipping a band or something? I don't know. I they were taking part in that this year, I guess. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. couple of segments left on a football Friday. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and, of course, the V8. Celebrating 25 years of Bob Stoops, 25 years ago today, he accepted the head coaching job at Oklahoma. Meant a lot to this program since. Even when he wasn't the head coach and he was hired as the interim head coach, he came in and he recruited some guys on this current team. He won a bowl game. And I and I thought of this today, too. He didn't take a salary or he, he, didn't, um, he didn't take a paycheck during that time, did he? I think he turned it I, down. Yeah, I think that's right. I think he did either turned it down or said he's going to donate it, something like that. I think you're I think you're dead on. Um, yeah, that was cool. It was a cool moment, you know, because we, we kind of had to say goodbye quickly. We didn't get, like, that final season, you know. So Probably the way that he wanted it, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that's attention. right. That's right, but we were able to do the statue and all that stuff, but to have a final game, uh, considering the circumstances, go win it, that was awesome. Remember everyone going and putting the, the flowers at the statue? That was sweet. Yeah, he was, I, I told him that when he was on with us. He's like, no, no, Teddy, Teddy, tell them I'm not dead. I did not die. <laughs> sweet. Also, 25 years ago today, Casey Thompson was a freshman in college. Uh, kidding, obviously, but but he is, dude. He's just been granted an additional year of eligibility by the NCAA. He received a medical hardship waiver. The former Texas and Nebraska QB played three games this year at FAU before tearing his ACL. Now I, I'm happy for Casey Thompson. Like, good. Like, you get another year of eligibility. He's going to be 26 next October, and he was in the 2018 recruiting class. Here are some other names in the 2018 recruiting class. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons. I mean, just to name a few there. Uh, Patrick Sertan, (laughs) Bray Walker. Justin Fields? Yeah, same class as Justin Fields. Well, he and Trevor Lawrence are like going on year three in the NFL, aren't they? Yeah, I mean they're they've been in is the NFL long enough. Three? They've been in the NFL long enough for the Bears to say, "All right, we'll see what we get out of Justin Fields here. We'll see if we want to use a top three pick on a quarterback or not this year." Man, that's that's actually pretty impressive. But hey, you know what? Go play as much college football as you can. Um, if you're not going to go to the NFL, you probably know it. The writing's on the wall. 
enjoy it as long as you can because when it's done, it's done, man. It's not something that you can just say, well, maybe I'll give it a go. No, it's over. So enjoy it as long as you can. Ohio Sooner says, who were some of the other candidates for OU's coaching job in 98? He got the job over Dennis Francione, right? I feel like that was the other name. What was was Ference up for it, or was that no? Well, no, Ference ended up getting the Iowa job the same year, right? Well, I know, but weren't there like wasn't he also maybe in the conversation for OU? Is that uh, wrong? I could be wrong. I, I yeah, think, I, I, I think right. it was down to OU, uh, th- down to Bob and Dennis Francione, and well, Dennis ended up getting beat seventy-seven nothing in Norman in mm. two thousand three. It's crazy to think, man. Like Jim Donnan from Georgia was also a. Uh, one talked about at the time. Uh, how how different things could have been or would have been had that hire not not gone that way. I mean, because I just don't I don't think you I don't think anyone else captures the momentum like Coach Stoops that did. I, you never know, but isn't it crazy just to think like? How important that hire was, and not just for, not just for football. I mean, football. When football is hot, it raises the tide for all sports, and and the university in enrollment, all of those things. Oh yeah, I, could be a totally different picture around here. There was a lot of, uh, I think, momentum with the athletic program overall during that time. You had the football team win a title in 2000, softball won it in 2000, and then uh, men's and women's basketball Hoops. were both really good during that time. Final and four. Final four, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. 2002. So, yep. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to say the football team is the reason why Kelvin Sampson took a squad in 02 to the, to the final four. It's just... It just there was just a lot of momentum on campus at the time, and well, I'll say fun. it. You don't have to. I'll say it. Yeah, we did yeah. that. No, I, I think I think whenever you get momentum in any sport, it can help build build anything else. And football obviously is the driver of a lot of those, a lot of the fans reengaging, especially at that time. You know, I'm sure folks were, were ready to be reengaged. Like, I'm sure there was some fans that have maybe. Uh, fallen off a little bit and came roaring back. And that ha- I, they come roaring back to all sports, too, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it obviously it was a great hire, but just the overall like DNA of the hire, like getting back to your roots a bit as a dominant, an exciting offense and a dominant defense, you know? Like that was that was a very good move to make. And as we look back throughout the history of OU football and all the titles and everything, that's what the DNA of this program has been when it's been best, right? It's been led by a dominant defense. And that's why yep. I still like the hire that was made uh, right around two years ago with Brent is I think that that blueprint wins now, and it's always it's always won with OU. I mean, look at the best programs in the sport right now. They're all led by their defense, are they not? Georgia's led by their defense. Michigan's led by their defense, physical run game. Uh-huh. Alabama's more offensively driven recently than they've been, but they're still a really good defensive program. But the, the blueprint has really kind of still been the same throughout all these years in the sport. And that's yeah. why I, I, I'm, I'm glad that after two regular I, well, seasons it, that the blueprint has changed with this program. I think it needed to. 
Well, let me say this, too. I mean, it doesn't stop there. I know Sarkeesian is uh, he is an, an offensive coordinator, but Texas, the best that they're led by their defense this year. No doubt. Um, best defensive line they've had in a, in a while. Yeah, Texas ended up on the verge scoring defense. They're on the verge of the top ten. They're like number 11 or 12. Um, yeah, you see Georgia's there. Oregon is, uh, let's see, they are number five. Oregon's number seven, just behind. Georgia, 15.8 points per game. Georgia, or Oregon, 15.9. So, yeah, Texas is there. Florida State is, I mean, all of these teams that are on the fringe of the, Michigan's number one, Ohio State is number two, Georgia's number six, Oregon seven, Florida State's like 10 or 11, Texas is 11 or 12, Alabama's 13. I mean, they're all right there together. It's all the same teams. So, yeah, defense. And uh, I think we'll get there. Next year, top 25 is, is a minimum. Has to be. Agree. Agree. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap things up next. Sooner Football Talk lives here. This is the ref. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra. Not just any truck. The... Final segment of the week, wrapping it up on this Football Friday. It is the Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We are 66 minutes away from the Pac-12 championship in Vegas. Washington and Oregon. Washington is a perfect 12-0. They beat Oregon early in the year, and not a whole lot of people are giving them a chance to win tonight. Oregon's a 9.5-point favorite, and yeah, I am one that thinks the Ducks are going to win tonight. Bo Nix might win the Heisman tonight, potentially. Yeah, he's had a very, very impressive season. And, you know, credit Oregon, credit credit Lanning. I mean, it's not easy to do, but they ended up with the number two scoring offense in the country and the number five or six scoring defense in the country. Just really, really good stuff from them. Um, They... And they got a Heisman Trophy candidate, perhaps winner. Um, just hit it out of the park. They've, they've done good, and I think they're set up yeah. really, really nice for the future. Because I'll say this, like if they can win tonight, I won't count Oregon out to win a national championship this year. No, I mean, they you definitely know, we, they we would definitely be more like, competitive against Georgia this time around than they were in Lanning's oh, yeah. first game there last year, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, capitalize early year two man year two's the year that it, it's that stuff happens so impressive yeah no, how about it is. the big 12 championship i just think i just think texas is gonna roll man i really do I, I felt like that all week long and the the slow starts that oklahoma state's gotten off to i mean i, I know that they won the necessary games here over the past two weeks to get in this game, but in no way do they look impressive. You got a Texas yeah. team that's starting to play some good football here. 
I thought losing Jonathan Brooks would be a major deal for them, and they they've managed that pretty well considering. I uh, they 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 need style points for tomorrow. I I just maybe it's close for a half, but I think Texas just routes Oklahoma State tomorrow in Arlington. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think there's a chance of that now. I picked Oklahoma State in our Ref Royal Rumble to cover the 14-and-a-half just because, you know, I, Texas has played a bunch of close games. I, yeah, I, I think Oklahoma State's going to find a way to, you know, to, to generate some offense. And Quinn Ewers has been at very, very average at times. So, I don't know. I, I think you could. There's a chance you could have a close game, but if it's not a close, I think it's a close game. If it's a close game, Texas still wins, but there's also a chance that they actually absolutely route them. Yeah. What do you think we find? What do you think is going to be the best game um, of all the championship games? I think the SEC. Well, I think the ACC championship game is going to be the closest game. But like, what's yeah. the more intriguing game? I think the SEC is going to be. I think it's the SEC or, or yeah. potentially tonight in that Pac-12 championship game with as many yeah. points as might be scored. Man, you can't count Washington out as dangerous as they are on offense, and they're not bad defensively. Uh, you know, with all of the talk surrounding Oregon about is it Oregon or Texas or Alabama, would they be in? You know, Washington's as an undefeated team, with the record that they've put up, being able to come into a championship game with a little bit of chip on their shoulder, being disrespected, no one even talking about them winning. And, you know, you could say that it's been a bit of a distraction for Oregon, all the talk about, well, what happens between all these one-loss teams when they win their championship. So, yeah, what, I think it's going to be a really good game. What do you think we find out on Sunday? Alamo Bowl against Arizona? Oh, I don't know. Probably. What's your preference? Like, forget the opponent, just selfishly for the week. Alamo. Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. I, Fiesta Bowl is the only New Year's Six Bowl game I've never uh, attended, so I, I'd like that one. Though the convenience of the Cotton Bowl sure is nice. I think that's the same for me, too. It I is. I think the Fiesta is yeah. the only one I've never been to. Yeah. That would be cool. I wouldn't, you know, I love going out to Arizona, but. You know, honestly, San Antonio wasn't bad when we went um, two years ago. I mean, it's 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 not bad this time of year. So, all right, that's it for us. We'll see you guys whenever we find out that information with the bowl game. You guys were awesome. You drive the show as always. You know what time it is? Ice cold Pacifico time.